Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I love what Pastor Paul has said. I've been so inspired by the journey that he's been on and how he's brought faith to it. But I love that he, he spoke this prophetic word and said that this next season is going to be a season of miracles and salvation. And if we're going to see a miracle uh, season of miracles and salvation, I think we need faith. And so we're going to jump into the Word today in Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 14 to 21. Jesus is uh, Jesus has just come off the mountain of transfiguration. Is with his disciples, and it says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, "Lord, have mercy on my son." Because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring me the boy here. Don't you love Jesus? He always has a little bit of savage to him. And Jesus rebuked him. And the demon came out of him and the boy was healed at once. Incredible. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. My message title today, if you want to give it a title, is Mustard Seeds and Mountains. Today I want to encourage us, I want to impart something into us around this story. I think we can learn how to engage our faith and how to see mountains moved. And I think in this season, we definitely have some mountains that I believe God is wanting to move. Why don't we pray? Well, Father, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you that your presence, God, is with us. God, I thank you for every single person watching online, every single person in the room. God, I thank you that you've placed us, God, for such a time as this, in this city, in this nation, God, in our sphere of influence, Lord. I pray that there'd be something that rises in our hearts today, God, to see faith engaged, to see mountains moved, God, that the miraculous would happen. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I don't know if you ever found yourself in a situation where the problem seemed too big to tackle, or the solution seemed too out of reach. Has anyone found themselves in that situation before? Why don't you raise your hand? Probably about 50% of the room. I think we all have. But this is where the disciples find themselves in Matthew 17. You know, Jesus has just come down from the mountain of transfiguration, which the disciples got to see Elijah and Moses. It was an incredible moment where they saw Jesus in all of his glory. And then he walks down to the crowd and this man comes up to Jesus and he's desperate for a miracle. The disciples though, I didn't, I didn't realise this until I was looking into it. It's something I haven't seen before, but the disciples, it seems like the disciples have seen this guy before. They've seen this guy, they've seen the demon-possessed boy, they've tried to heal him and they couldn't. They've been part of a situation where the mountains seem so big. And they felt like they couldn't deal with it. And in fact, it seems like Jesus didn't really know what happened. So they thought, we just keep this. Boys, guys, listen, we're not going to tell Jesus about this one. We'll come back with the wins, but we'll leave the losses. <laughs> Has anyone done that before? <laughs> I know you can do that easily in the workplace. Tell your dad, I work for my dad. So you tell him all about the wins, but the losses, you just 
keep to the side sometimes. Don't tell him I told you that. And Jesus turns around and he, he makes this statement when he's talking about faith and he, he, he talks to them and he goes, guys, ye of little faith. Or you guys, you guys have little faith. But then he goes on to say, if only you had faith the size of a mustard seed. If only you had faith the size of a mustard seed, which actually isn't a big faith, you would be able to see the mountain moved. And I was kind of com complexed by this. I'm like, is Jesus contradicting himself here? On one hand, he's saying, ye of little faith. And on the other hand, he's saying, you only need a tiny little bit of faith. So I looked into the Greek word uh, for little faith, and it's oligi oligopistos. I think I said that right. Any Greeks in the room can correct me on that. We did do Greek a few years ago. It's getting a bit rusty these days. But it also translates throughout the Bible in context as trusting too little or not having trust at all. In context, I believe what Jesus was saying in this story is they haven't acted in faith. Their faith's been misplaced. They haven't engaged their faith. I mean, these guys have been walking with Jesus for a couple of years and they haven't acted in faith, they've probably got a little bit complacent and thinking, we've done this before. We've been here, we've done this rodeo, we'll just go in and do the same thing. I think they overestimated the power of the mountain and underestimated the power of the mustard seed. And I think we can all relate to this and find ourselves in the shoes of the disciples. We can all relate to sometimes just going through the motions as Christians thinking, oh yeah, I'm just going to sing that same worship song. I'm just going to say that prayer that I said five years ago that brought me that breakthrough. I'm just going to go through the routines. We can find ourselves there, but sometimes we can find ourselves at a stalemate, looking at the mountain and thinking, this thing's too big for me. So I want to talk about a few ways that we can activate faith in our lives afresh. And the first way is that we need to trust the mustard seed. See, we underestimate the power of the mustard seed. I've got a picture of a mustard seed to throw up that the team can throw up. But when you look at a mustard seed, I love that Jesus uses this illustration. But the mustard seed is tiny. It's probably one of the most smallest seeds that you can, that you can get. I believe so. Someone can fact check me on that. But it's honestly, Jesus is going, guys, you don't need much. You don't need much. You don't need a huge amount of faith. You don't need to, this massive force or energy. I used to think growing up that if you wanted great faith to see a miracle, you needed to conjure up some, some passion, some energy. You needed to you know, be in this place where you were just so passionate, bursting with energy that all of a sudden the miracle would come to pass. But it's not. It's actually just having a simple trust in each and every word that Christ gives. It's actually His Word that changes everything. The power is not in us ticking a box or doing a ritual. The power is in our trust for His Word. In Romans 10, 17, Paul puts it like this. He says that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. The mustard seed Jesus is talking about is His Word. It's our trust in His Word. And I love the centurion. If anyone knows the story of the centurion, Jesus says he's got great faith, that he's got, he understands the mustard seed, even without hearing about it. In Matthew 8, verse 5, we see the story of the centurion, and we pick it up, and when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, begging him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home and terribly tormented. He's got a mountain in front of him. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word. 
Just give me a mustard seed. Just say the word and my servant will be healed and this mountain will be removed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he does. And to another, I say, come, and he comes. And to my slave, I say, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following, the disciples were probably there at this point. He says, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I think that's just an incredible story that shows it's, and he isn't saying that he's got this big and a massive amount of faith. I think it was just a mustard seed, but it was great faith because it was just a simple trust in Jesus. He wasn't concerned about the mountain. All he wanted was a mustard seed. All he wanted was one word from Jesus because that changes everything. Great faith is simple faith. It's simply just obedience and trust. It's coming back to this place. If God said it, he'll do it. If God says go, I'll go. All I need is one word from Jesus. And why? Because his word's dependable. His word's trustworthy. His word's true. You can always bank on the words of Jesus. The second way that we can see faith activated in our lives is we've got to speak to the mountain. You know, also growing up, I thought that faith was ignoring the mountain or pretending it's not there, acting like the mountain doesn't exist. But that's not what faith is. Faith is knowing that God is greater than any situation or any circumstance you can, fa- you can face yourself. The challenge is what are we doing though with the mountain? You know, so many times we have mountains in our world. We have mountains of uh, challenges that are there and we think sometimes that the mountain is just too big for Jesus. Or this mountain he wouldn't care about. Or this mountain I don't feel I have the faith to be able to conquer it. I've fought this issue too, that it's just too big, it's too great, but it's actually a lie from the enemy. You see, the devil wants to keep us believing the lie that this mountain will never move, that this mountain will never be cast away. But I believe that God's asking us today, I believe he's challenging us, encouraging us to say, what is your mountain and would you speak to it? We're in a season where we need to speak to our mountains, that the church is called not just to let mountains go by and not be spoken to, but to call on them and see them moved by the power of Jesus' word. You know, maybe your mountain is relational. There's just been a relational challenge in your world with maybe a family member or a friend that you haven't been able to see healing with. Maybe it's generational, things that have just been in your line of generations. Your dad did it, your father did it. It's just always been there. Maybe it's a health issue, something that you haven't been able to see overcome. But I love what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that by His stripes, I am healed. Maybe there's, there's mental challenges or anxiety or depression or you found yourself like this story. There's demonic oppression. There's healing. There's breakthrough in Jesus' name. Maybe it's financial. I mean, right now, people are saying many things about the economy. And there's many of us that maybe own businesses or work in different spheres of influence in the marketplace. But maybe we can believe that God's going to remove that mountain and we're going to see great blessing in this season. You know, it's a season of salvation, you know. We, we were on holidays um, in, in the past couple of weeks and we've seen some incredible miracles. With a family member that's said that they're never, they're never going to believe. They're an atheist. God's not real avid. We're just talking about Jesus. And I ended up showing him a testimony of uh, Brian Walsh, who used to lead corn, and w- watched 10 minutes of it and nearly had tears running down his face. I've never heard him say this, but he goes, man, that was beautiful and that was powerful. Two nights later, he goes, you know, I nearly started crying. He goes, man, it's just amazing 
what, what his story was, but that's not for me. That's not for me. But I know that that seed is moving a mountain that said could never be moved. I also had a friend that I work with in construction that I've been talking to about Jesus for a while, and he just happened to be up in the area. And he came past, and he's been going through some crazy stuff at home, family, different dynamics, different mountains. And he was actually, like, we've been speaking about Jesus, but he then went and watched the Justin Bieber Freedom Concert. He watches the Justin Bieber Freedom Concert. Judah Smith ends up preaching, and he has an encounter with God. Radically, radical encounter with God watching Justin Bieber. Who would have thought, right? (laughs) But we're up on holiday, cooking under 40 degrees up there in the sun. And he's telling me how he's found Jesus. And it seemed like, you know, you, it's, there's some people you think that are just too far gone. They never, they've, got, they've got too much going on. They never have enough time for God. But God is after people. Jesus is chasing people down. And now this guy's keen to come to church. It's a season where we're going to see salvation like we've never seen before. You know, maybe there's an addiction or past failure, disappointments, you've got heart issues, whatever it is, no matter what your mountain is, it doesn't matter what your mountain is, don't overestimate the power of the mountain. All you've got to do is estimate or see the power in the mustard seed and see what God wants to do in your world because He can decimate any mountain that's in front of you. God's calling us not to be complacent with mountains, but to speak to them. You know, I love what Pastor Craig said last week in worship in the midst of this current mountain that we're facing called COVID, that we're called to bring faith to it. You know, no matter where we stand on the spectrum or or, or looking at COVID as as an issue, the church is called to come to the centre and speak to this mountain. Say, this mountain needs to be pushed back. We're going to believe for healing. We're going to believe for God's promise over our nation. We're going to believe for revival. We're going to believe for the church to take ground. We're going to believe for this thing to be contained. Come on, it's a time for the church to rise in this season and speak to this mountain. You know, even thinking of this, I look at the woman with the issue of blood. She had a mountain. 12 years she had a mountain. Man, tell me after 12 years of having a mountain with an issue of internal bleeding as a woman, pain every day, disappointment every day, probably praying every day. The the isolation that she would have faced from society, she was probably unwanted. The, The feelings go on. But she found herself with a mustard seed. She heard that the Messiah was in town. She actually, she had a mustard seed. She went and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. But the reason she touched the hem was found in Malachi 4.2 because there's a verse there that says there will be healing in his wings. And that word wings actually meant like, uh, I can't say the Hebrew word, but it was like the hem of his garment. She, she read that scripture and something quickened in her spirit. She said, man, if I can just touch the hem... I've got this mustard seed. If I can just touch the hem, this mountain will be removed. And on, upon her doing that, she saw a miracle take place. I love Hebrews 13, 8. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Period. Yesterday, today, forevermore. From the beginning of time, from the moment he was walking this earth, to right now in this room, Jesus is here. Jesus is ready. Jesus is willing to remove the mountain. It's time to speak to the mountain and see a buck God miracle take place. You know, all throughout the the Bible, we see a buck God miracle take place when people decided to face their mountain. You know, look at Abraham. He was infertile. He couldn't have well, sorry, Sarah was, but they couldn't have children, but there was a promise there. And we see him now as the father of faith because in Genesis 15, God said, look up to the sky. He gave him a promise and 
all it says is that Abraham believed him. All God, all, all Abraham did was believe God and the mountain was removed. Moses, he led Israel out of Egypt. What a but God miracle. God calls him, says, you're chosen. For such a time as this, you're chosen to lead these people out of Israel. And God parts the Red Sea. Joshua walks into a land inhabited by giants and sees the walls of Jericho come down. Elijah, 400 prophets of Baal, sees the widow's son resurrected. Esther goes in a time when her people are all about to be executed. There's going to be a massive genocide. She stands up, gets in front of the king and sees a mountain moved because she had a mustard seed of faith. The Bible is full of men and women who conquered conquered mountains. But what I love is that they weren't perfect. They were actually far from perfect. Moses was a stutterer. He actually had no leadership capabilities at all. Like he had to ask his father-in-law for help. I mean, seriously, you're asking your father-in-law for help? As a man, you know, you, you, know, you, know, you, you don't really do that. Unless you have to. Until he becomes a father in love. Takes time sometimes, people. <laughs> But Abraham didn't trust God for an heir. Moses started. Elijah sees that miracle. Then he wants to die. He battles anxiety, depression. But the good news is no matter what you've gone through and no matter where you've been, is that God is still calling you. God is still speaking to you. God is still saying no matter what you've gone through, I want to move mountains in your world. And the third point is that we need to stay in surrender. Jesus told the disciples that they were lacking in their faith when he gave them that massive rebuke. He comes and he finishes and says that this kind, this miracle, this mountain you wanted to see moved. It doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. And I love this because illustrating that their core issue was their dependence. They got too comfortable. They started relying on their own strength, their own understanding and their own power. And they forgot about his name. They forgot about his power. They, they left the mustard seed to the side and they thought, you know what, we can do this. We've done it before, we'll do it again. But it was their dependence. You know, they've, they're hanging out with Jesus every day for three years and they still see it. So, you know, it's not something that, you know, we all, it's something we all go through sometimes. We get comfortable, we get complacent. Jesus is just in, in our world, but we're not in that place of dependence. And we need to reignite dependence. We need to reignite the desperation in our hearts. And I know God speaking to me that in this season, if we lean on our own strength and forget the simple posture of surrender, that we're not going to see what God's called us to see. That that secret place, that place where it's, it's, not, it's not church just saying we're going to do, do a, we're not just saying we're going to do a fast. It's, we're fasting on our own. It's not just rocking up to prayer meetings and that's where we pray, but it's saying, I've got a secret place where I get with Jesus. A secret place where I'm saying, God, I'm going to fast for, maybe it's even just one meal. Maybe it's one day, a month. Like it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. Sometimes we set these goals that are too hard to achieve, but we just got to start somewhere and go, man, I'm going to start this year and be in dependence and desperation. I love Psalm 121. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to have a moment of fresh surrender and fresh, fresh worship. I believe God's going to do something special. But Psalm 121, the psalmist says this. He says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I think this season that we're in, it's ripe. The season's ripe for miracles, 
for salvations. We're in a season where God's, I believe, speaking to us and saying, come on, you don't, you don't need to have it all together, but just grab that mustard seed. Speak to that mountain. And that's something we've all got to take personal responsibility and ownership for sometimes. We, we can't just rely on the faith of others every time to see our mountain move. There's times where we've got to stand in worship and speak to what we're going through. Worship and speak to that addiction. Worship and speak to the depression or the anxiety or the things that we face. There's times in my life where the faith of others have changed my world, but there's times where God said, hey, it's time to stand. It's time to speak. It's time to declare. It's time to see our city saved. It's time to see our family encounter Jesus. It's time to see our friends impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. It's time to see that miracle that we've been praying and believing for. It's time. It's time. We're in a season. And why don't we stand? Posture ourselves in a position. If you, if you want to come to the front, if you want to come to the altar, feel free online. Why don't you stand where you are? The team are going to lead us in, in the song by Hillsong, What a Beautiful Name. We're going to declare the name of Jesus right from the offset of this year. We're going to declare the name that changes everything. The name that brings about miracles. The name that saves. The name that delivers. Holy Spirit, right now we pray, God, that miracles would be released in this house. God, and everyone watching online, God, we pray for healing to flow right now. God, we pray, God, that You'd push back this mountain of COVID. God, that anyone infected, God, in our church or watching online right now, that healing would take place in their body. Holy Spirit, we're believing for revival. We're believing, Lord, that this season, God, we're going to see family members, friends, prodigals, Lord, are going to come home. But we say, Lord, we need You. We need Your presence. We trust that You are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.